<laughs> Greetings, citizens. You're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts, Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. <laughs> Last look back of the year. Hello and welcome. That's right. You're trapped in nerd cage live this ain't just a reaction show but a debate show and a live discussion everything that makes people like you and i tick so thank you for joining us tonight please hit that like button and subscribe i'm your co-host jay st g coming to live from syracuse new york and always with me the warrior from wakanda the fiend from louisville my man mark withers what's shaking tonight hey what's going on man super excited to be here as usual and yes Tonight, we are going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary of what is one of my favorite movies of all time. This is the one that actually put George Clooney on the map for me. And of course, I'm talking about the Coen Brothers classic, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Now, Jay, I know that you just recently watched this for the very first time and had never seen it before. I wanted to get your feedback and find out exactly how you felt about it. I just watched it like over an hour ago. <laughs> um, on record for everyone who wants, who hasn't seen it and wants to watch it, it is readily available on Amazon Prime. Um, so yes, I watched it on Amazon Prime and I went in knowing nothing about the movie other than who the cast was and who it was directed by. And you know what? I enjoyed it. To me, this was a Road to Redemption movie right. with a few laughs in between. Right. And I enjoyed myself. I really did. Awesome. Awesome. Now, for a lot of people that don't know, this movie was uh, loosely based off of the Odyssey, which is like a classic poem by Homer. It's a couple thousand years old, I think. And um, the Coen brothers, when they first came up with this idea, they had neither one of them had ever read the book. Uh, you know, and they only kind of loosely understood the story. They understood who the principal characters were in that story. And they wanted to sort of build like a modern or semi-modern version of that tale, wanting to base it in the, uh, in the Great Depression. They also took their cues from another movie that came out around the 30s or maybe the 40s called Sullivan's Travels. And that's where the title comes from. That movie is basically about a filmmaker who's really successful that wants to make a movie about the Great Depression, about what's going on at the time. And he's basing it off of a book called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And so they took elements from that film and put that into this modern retelling of, of their story, of the Odyssey. They pitched that to George Clooney. They had a meeting with him while he was filming another film. He liked the idea so much that he accepted an offer from them sight unseen without seeing a script or anything. He was just like, I'm a really big fan of you guys. I even like the movies that weren't popular that you've done. Um, you know, I, I would be happy to work with you. And from there, they decided to just start, you know, go to work on this thing. And another thing I could appreciate is um, the range of movies from the Coen brothers. And this is just yet another one that's like unique from the, his other movies, you know, Big Lebowski, True Grit. Like this is like a whole other like category. I mean, yeah, right. it's a drama with a, with, a, with a hint of comedy in there, but it's just like I said, something I can appreciate is the Coen brothers, you know, they, they like to put out like unique films. They don't, they don't make the same movie twice. Right, and, and I think that's the beauty of their style of storytelling. They have a way of kind of taking a theme and even if that is not their original theme, 
you know, putting their spin on it and making it sort of relatable and at the same time, like a little bit otherworldly, like a little bit, you know, there are elements that are like real tongue in cheek. There are other elements that are, you know, that are really relatable that you can like actually see yourself in, see your own experiences yeah. in. And they're really good at that. They have a consistent talent where that's concerned. Yes. So, Mark, what makes this movie one of your favorites? Like, what about this movie that makes it like, like over the top for you? Well, when it first came out, it was one of these movies. And if, if I'm not mistaken, it is the very first movie to use digital color grading. So if you notice in that film, everything sort of has like a, a washed out look. It's more of a sepia tone. Mm -hmm. They did that to sort of bring like an old school feel to it, sort of yeah. so that it would feel like an older movie. And movies before that didn't really do that. I mean, they had color grading techniques, but they, they were all like very labor intensive, you know, very physical techniques where this one actually used like digital technology to do that. And, and at the time that was very impressive. I'm still kind of impressed by it. Um, and, and like I was saying, you know, in the beginning of, of this episode, I really had only a tangential knowledge of, of George Clooney's work. I knew he had yeah. been on a show called ER. ER um, he had no. done a movie about a year or two before that called Out of Sight. Basically what I'm saying is that I really didn't have like a tremendous uh, love for his work. And it wasn't until this movie that I saw that, hey, this guy has like really good acting chops. Like he's oh, yeah. he's got a lot of skill, you know, and he's really believable. He's funny when he needs to be. He's serious when he needs to be. And this is like what made him a favorite of mine going forward. I mean, he's done so many other movies since then, Ocean's Eleven. Yes, and, I was just gonna you know, say. Some, some, other, some other great films that I think that, you know, Siriana's another one where I just really think he's fantastic. But this is the one for me where that made me like stand up and take notice. Also, I mean, the rest of the cast is phenomenal too. I mean, you've got yeah. Holly Hunter in there. You've got John Turturro, Tim Blake Nelson. John uh, Goodman. John Goodman, I mean, there's tons of cameos and lots of good performances from people who were the big stars at that, you know, at that time. And so for those reasons, I just think that it's it's a it's a great film for the year that it came out. Yeah, and, and tech onto everything you said about George Clooney. Um, uh, there's nothing to do with his acting ability. I, the one thing I appreciate about George Clooney is I've heard nothing but good stories about him. Right. Apparently, he's a very generous man. He's given a lot of his fortune to his friends in need. He's not one of those Holly weird people. He actually seems a pretty, <laughs> he's a pretty chill guy. And right. from what I understand, too, he's also a very big prankster, too, like mm -hmm. on set and like, you know, during interviews and stuff like that, too. And, I, you know, it's just I tip my hat to the guy. He's he's just it's just one of those things that he's a cool dude, but he's also, you know, a talent. And but one of my favorite movies that you failed to mention it almost gave me a heart attack from dusk till dawn. Uh, he was dynamite in that film. Let's talk about the sound mixing. Okay, I thought the sound mixing was brilliant. I'm going to take a few examples. For example, when they're first on the run, you can hear, you know, the if you hear, if you listen close enough, you can hear the dogs barking and they're like, you know, hey, we got to move, we got to be on the run again. And on top of that, the singing throughout the movie as the camera pans and you hear you know all you know the gospel voices and everything like that like uh, i really appreciate the sound mixing of those movies well i don't think uh this movie got enough praise in that regard right and i i feel like you know particularly the music uh plays a big part in mm -hmm. the overall it vibe does. 
of of the story you know what i mean like you know it does have a strong narrative but mm -hmm. what really puts you in that time is the soundtrack you know like all those songs are traditional songs from the depression era and a little bit before when they talk about old-timey music for example like the scene where they go to the to the radio station or wherever that yep. that building was to record the record the track that they did man of constant sorrow is actually a real song that was written in 1913. so and who so, sang it i really that's what i want to know I, I there's no way that was george Clooney. like who 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 sang on the on the on that track there um i was not able to like really like track down who sang in that particular scene i know that travis tritt has done a version of it um there's a couple of other people that have done that song and did versions of that song for the movie soundtrack but i'm just not really sure which one of them did the part that george clooney uh lip synced over yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong it's well done and and going into the story of the movie i mean that's the song you know where the movie comes full circle at the end when right. they start performing and, and the way the crowd reacts you know like i said it was like i said that's why i call this like you know we'll get into it this is a redemption movie right right you know, you'll, you'll, when you watch the movie when you hear the song like when they start recording the song you, you don't really think anything of it you're thinking okay this is pretty cool they're doing it for the money whatever but then when they sing it at the end and what mm -hmm. the impact that it has not just on the audience but to like uh what it does to that a-hole governor and everything else like everything it all comes crashing down in a good way Right. Uh, the moment they sing in, you know, at that performance there at the very end. And it's just, and it put a smile on my face. I'm like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Right. I'm glad that you bring that up because in the scenes before that, you know, they, they pick up the character, Tommy Johnson, who is supposedly a, a composite of both the real life Tommy Johnson, who was a, a blues singer in the 1920s. And then of course, Robert Johnson, you know, who had, you know, historically been uh, rumored to have sold his soul to the devil for his musical talent. Um, but they pick him up and he tells them, yeah, like I sold my soul to the devil so I could learn how to play this guitar real good. And then it turns out that the song that they record is actually, instead of it, you know, dooming their souls, it actually is what redeems them and actually yeah. like saves them from, from all the trouble that they're in. So I, I, you know, when I saw this for the first time, that was one of the things that kind of struck me, that juxtaposition between the idea of selling your soul and then actually getting it back through the thing that you used it for so so there's a scene there where um they're at the the pond there and they, they see that baptism going on by the preacher there right and the what not george Clinton, but the other guy is just like he's like, he like runs over and goes you know i want to be you know reconciled i want to be redeemed i you know right. i want i want my sins and everything to be washed away and this this and that so he goes forward with the baptism and he's just like brothers come on like this is our chance to redeem everything we've done wrong this is our chance to redeem ourselves right. but the beauty of this movie is that there's no shortcut to redemption right. so that, that so the, well, the beauty is is this this scene's kind of early on in the movie mm -hmm. and you know obviously you know i'm not trying to take it to religious territory or anything but the thing is about you know redemption is it's 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 not a shortcut it's not something you could just be watching if you got you got moving forward you have to redeem yourself moving forward it's what you do moving forward right the road to redemption is is not short it is long and that's the beauty about this that's why i like about the movie is it it proves that they have that scene there and as time goes on they're doing good things along the way that, but they don't realize that they're what they're doing is good good deeds but they are and at the end 
it all comes together at the end and they finally get you know you know fortunate enough to uh be pardoned and saved and so on and so forth so that's why i really appreciate about the movie is the it's the underlying tones about redemption and again there are some good laughs in between especially um early on where the when the cops first arrive when they get sold out oh my god i was laughing so hard (laughs) we're in a tight spot (laughs) yeah yeah so there's so so much to appreciate and along the way this movie makes us makes you laugh yeah yeah i really like that too and um i really appreciated that they took a a fictional world and put actual historic figures i know that i had mentioned this sort of composite between tommy and robert johnson but uh the two candidates that are that are running for governor papio daniel and homer stokes are actually based on real life politicians from that era um i think the homer stokes character the one that's actually like a secret klansman mm-hmm. he's sort of a composite of a number of different politicians from from that time uh, but Papio Daniel was actually, uh, I believe, the governor of Texas in the 1930s. Uh, oh. And they sort of did this sort of caricature of that person. Uh, so I, I just thought that was kind of interesting for them to to do that and to make those characters like fun and, and interesting, you know, um, while while actually being like real people. Yeah. I've, oh, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it's such a, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty, yeah, it's like, it's kind of a deep cut in the history. So, I mean, and it's obviously, you know, the, the you know, the great depression, you know, it, right. not to mention, not only that it's the great depression, but it's the great depression in all intents and purposes in the deep South. So, right, right. Mississippi. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any closing thoughts on, uh, Oh brother, where art thou before we, uh, you know, say our thank yous and stuff. So again, this is this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I think that uh, anybody who is a fan of the Coen brothers, in my opinion, this is the one to watch. This is by far their best work. I think it's a really new and interesting way to sort of look at the Odyssey, to sort of look at history. Uh, it's got some fantastic performances by a number of stars of that particular time period. And, you know, definitely worth a watch. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, so check it out. Absolutely. And uh, just want a big thank you to everyone who came to our Titan Goji uh, stream last week. That was an absolute field day. And you guys were really in full, you know, Christmas spirit for that one. And we had definitely had fun with that debate. And we definitely look forward to having Titan Goji back on soon. And we definitely want to do some other work with them as well. And of course, at the time of this recording, we are getting ready for our very, very first watch party as the OG Scorpion Sub-Zero and Johnny Cage comes back to Nerd Cage Live, and we're going to watch the uh, 2020 animated feature film Mortal Kombat's uh, Legend Scorpion's Revenge, which is one of my easily one of my favorite movies of the year, especially in the animated department, and uh, I really cannot wait to watch it with you, Mark. I can't really wait to hear what uh, Master Pacina has to say on the film and stuff, too, as we all hang out uh on thursday december 17th to watch this film yeah this is going to be an exciting one for me not only because you know my sifu uh daniel piscina is going to be with us but this is going to be my very first watch party i've never even watched a watch party on youtube so the idea of it actually is really intriguing to me i'm excited to do it it's uh it's a great movie to kind of get started with and so i think that this thursday is going to be a lot of fun i can't wait yeah, and again, we just want to thank to all of our guests that we had this year, and I want to thank to especially all of our friends, 
fans around the world that come out and hang out with us. They they listen to the show. They come to the live streams. And you guys have been like you guys make this whole year worthwhile. And we really just can't wait to come back stronger than ever in 2021. And we have, you know, the best is yet to come. I mean, we're already starting to plot stuff for next year. And, you know, we, we're really looking forward to uh, having a, a stronger year next year. Absolutely. Okay. So before we go, we ask you to pretty please like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, spread that shit like sofa. So the USA from Louisville to Syracuse to all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live, enjoy life, stay safe, happy holidays, and good night. Sayonara. Ooh, trying to get out of the Nerd Cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerdcage Live! <laughs>